Jacob Young, you're a big league ball player. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And to the everydayers out there, you know who I am. I'm your host, Ryan Clare. You can catch me over on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at RyanClary11, and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And later on in today's show, second round pick, 2023 MLB Draft, He's kind of been overshadowed by Dylan Cruz. But if you look at the numbers, Yo-Yo Morales has outplayed Dylan Cruz by a long shot. And it's not a knock on Dylan Cruz. It's just the fact that the Nationals, they found something with Yo-Yo Morales. We'll discuss that and all the numbers into him a little bit later on. But also, the Nationals yesterday just kind of overhauled their scouting department. And over the last week, the assistant GM, Johnny DePuglia, someone who ran the international scouting and really... International scouting, they took the biggest hit of this. So what does this mean? What's going to happen? In fact, do I like it? Do I don't like it? I'll tell you that in the second segment of today's show. But let's start off with last night's walk-off win as when you beat the New York Mets, sign me up. I don't care. I don't care if it's a meaningless September game. I don't really care about that stuff anymore. I don't care about the tanking aspect anymore. It's nothing. It means nothing to this 2023 national squad. You're not going to be picking inside the top 10. You might as well win because as of right now, the nationals are slated to be a bottom 10 team, a bottom 10 team in all of baseball. So years past, they would have a top 10 pick, but in this year with all the new CBA rules, it ain't going to happen. So let's just start it off. What a performance this was. Because even then, we know the Nationals, they've been struggling. They've lost six straight games heading into the last night's contest. They got swept by the Cardinals, or not the Cardinals. They got swept by the Marlins. That was not a good series by any means of the imagination. And we all know the Marlins have had our number all year long, so it was going to be a tough series. But even then, you beat them down in Miami just a few games ago, and that was a good series. That was when the Nationals were playing at somewhat of their best. But we haven't really seen that Nationals team in quite some time. Because really, when you look around here, we all know what has been really hurting this Nationals team. It's been the starting pitching over the course of the last week and a half or so. And what Johanna did, Johanna Doan, did in yesterday's ball game, he kind of showed us something. He showed us that, yeah, while he may be a little inconsistent, and while it's not always going to click for him, when it does, he does flash starter potential stuff and that is what he did in yesterday's ball game striking out six batters through five innings had a couple hits given up had two earned runs walked a few batters and now his ERA is down to a 5-5-6 but other than that going up against this New York Mets squad who can still hit the ball out of the yard at any given time he kept them pretty much in check for most of the game and when you have a starting pitcher who's going to give you five innings pitch and only give you two earned runs in that contest also, you're going to be in a good chance to win the game. And the Nationals, just over the last week, it hasn't been that way. So when you get that opportunity, you have to strike. 
And when you have that opportunity, when your starting pitcher goes five plus innings, only giving up two earned runs, you need to have good bullpen behind that. And even then, Robert Garcia came in. He looked good. An inning and a third, no earned runs. And the moral of the story was the bullpen came in and actually looked good. And it was kind of the big three is what I've kind of nailed them as with Hunter Harvey, Kyle Finnegan, and Mason Thompson. And while Mason Thompson, of course, he has struggled a ton here in the second half of the season, he even looked good, getting two outs there, no walks, no hits given up. And now his ERA is back down to a 5-4-3. Hunter Harvey there for the eighth inning, gave up one hit, struck out one batter, looked good other than that. Kyle Finnegan came in, walked the batter, but even then, it was nails for him. Kyle Finnegan came in and shut the door down. This Nationals team, yesterday's win, was probably one of the most complete wins that we have seen over the last week and a half or so. The starting pitching was good. The offense, when it needed hits, it came up in clutch situations like Jacob Young did in that ninth inning. And what Jacob Young has done so far with this Nationals team is not only has he kind of showed off his skill set, we see that he can steal bases. We see that he can play a solid defensive center field. He's got a lot of different intriguing tools about him. But now in the clutch, after yesterday's game, hitting your walk-off hit first time in the major leagues, batting ninth in the lineup, adding two hits, and now you have a 294 batting average through your first few games up in the majors. Jacob Young is starting to kind of turn some heads around here. And it's not to say that Jacob Young is going to be this prized prospect for this Nationals team. That's not really going to be the case. But he also is showing tons of improvement. And Mike Rizzo, when asked about him, he said plenty of times, and Davey Martinez as well, is that the reason why he's been promoted so quickly after being drafted in 2021 was because of the leaps and the bounds that he has made this season across multiple different levels. And he has proven that he is an, he is an everyday hitter, that this guy could, he has the potential to be an everyday outfielder. Now, is that going to be the case? We all know the Nationals have Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Robert Hassel, uh, Elijah Green, to name a few, Christian Vaccaro way down the line. The Nationals have talent in the outfield. Lane Thomas is also in that discussion. So Jacob Young, when he gets his opportunities, he's going to have to take advantage of them if he wants to continue to stick of an everyday center fielder spot. And so as he has done that this season, you're starting to kind of see what this could be with him. All the Adam Eaton skill sets and people kind of comparing him to them. I saw the one pursuit takes. My guy Kev over on Twitter made that comparison. I think it was a great one. Just because the skill sets, he doesn't really do anything great besides running, obviously. But other than that, he's just kind of really good at everything. And when you look around postseason teams, you kind of need guys like that. You need guys to come off the bench or even just fill that ninth hitter role and play right field and do a good job at all those things. Jake, Jacob Young kind of fits that role right now. But it also just wasn't Jacob Young's day. It was C.J. Abrams. And what C.J. Abrams did, he became the third Nationals player ever to steal 40-plus bags in one season. And Trey Turner did that back in 2016. Alfonso Soriano did that as well way back in the 2000s. Those are the only two Nationals before Abrams that were in that 40 stolen base club. And Trey Turner did that not once, but twice, obviously. And he probably could have done that any given year, but they kind of held him back a little bit, had some injuries here and there. 2021 was a weird year for him. 2019, also a weird year for him. 
But C.J. Abrams now, 29 stolen bases since he got in that leadoff role spot back on July 20, or July 7th. rather. If C.J. Abrams were to just simply get on base a little bit more, because his on-base percentage is still pretty pedestrian. It just is. But even then, you kind of see the glimpses of what it could be if he were to get his points up by maybe 20 to 30 points entering next year and then just keep on building on that. This guy has 50 to 60, maybe even 65 stolen bases in him. That's the kind of talent that he is when you get him on the base path. And Davey Martinez talked about this yesterday in his post-game presser. C.J. Abrams, he doesn't necessarily have to really get doubles and triples and all that obviously it's going to come with his speed and as he plugs those gaps he could probably turn a single into a double better than anyone else in the bigs but when you also just simply get on base whether it be taking your walks or being a kind of scrappy out running the hard 90 cj abrams can then turn that single or a walk into getting on second base now because we all know this it's pretty hard to get him out And if he were to have this success rate that he has had over the course of the last two months, what is his ceiling? Because we're also starting to see the power come up. He's a 20 home run guy now as well. And getting in another clutch situation, having that game tying hit. If CJ Abrams were to just turn that corner just a little bit more, what could he be? Because I still don't think this is the full CJ Abrams as we've kind of seen. Because he had that hot stretch back in July as he got that leadoff spot entering August as well. And that was a kind of glimpse of success that we were all kind of hoping for and praying for back when we traded for him last year with Juan Soto. And you see that success, just that little glimmer of it. That is the kind of player that C.J. Abrams could be. A little bit more pop than you may think. Getting on base at a rate that is way, way too efficient. And if he does get on base, at that rate, then you see what he can do. Because 29 stolen bases over two months. It is September 7th today. July 7th was when he got that leadoff spot. He's got 29 stolen bases in that stretch as well. And even then, he's kind of fallen off a little bit over the last few weeks. He hasn't really been up to his normal self. He hasn't really been getting on base. He hasn't really been getting the extra base hits and all that stuff. So even with all that said, C.J. Abrams has now stolen 40 bases. That is also the big story of yesterday's ball game. He's only 22 years old. Meanwhile, the other guys, Trey Turner, Alfonso Soriano, they were well beyond the age of 2022 when he did that. But also, this sucks. Riley Adams, someone who has been really good for the Nationals all year. You got him back in 2021 for Brad Hand in that Toronto Blue Jays deal. Riley Adams left the game yesterday with his left hand and as of right now the x-rays were inconclusive but when you see that injury someone who's swinging and all of a sudden just kind of reaches for that bottom hand you think of a haymade injury and that is kind of what Robert Hassel has had to deal with over the course of this season also that has kind of led to his struggles which many people believe inside the organization so hope to God it's nothing serious with Riley Adams because he's been a very efficient backup catcher and when he gets his spots done when he gets really behind the dish and everything pitchers seem to work well with him and Riley Adams was really just kind of starting to become this prized possession that the Nationals have in their kind of platoon role with Kiber Ruiz there and even then 
this guy could have been something for the rest of the season. So hopefully it's nothing serious. We don't know if it is or not, but it did not look good. And ultimately, it's just you hate to see it because of the way he's played. He has been slumping a little bit as of recent, but even then, you want to see the guy healthy because when he is healthy, you see what he can do. He can hit. He can catch. He can do all the things you want your second catcher to do and really just give Kibert Ruiz that little break. So you may be seeing a little bit more of Drew Milas over the next few games or so. But other than that, nice little win for the Washington Nationals and good for Jacob Young to get that walk-off hit. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. The Nationals have a day off today. So take the night off because NFL season is back. It's fine. We got a few baseball games tonight. Then the Nationals, they get set for another series on tomorrow. So we'll get into all of that fun stuff a little bit later on in tomorrow's show. But I also want to talk about the scouting department overall and what it could mean. Because I'm starting to think this could be a little bit of a change of direction for the organization. Not really what you may think, but I'll explain after I tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. And guys, eBay Motors is my man. I love it. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. If it's the same when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now we get back into it as the Nationals have overhauled their scouting department. And when I mean overhauled, they basically kind of let go of everyone as a lot of their contracts were up for renewal this offseason. And you really don't know the names behind the scouts. There are a few of them. Johnny DePuglia, obviously the assistant GM, kind of the head of international scouting. He was he resigned over the last few days as well. This could be kind of something that maybe he knew about. I don't know what it could be, but obviously things are changing in the Nationals organization. And what exactly may those changes be? Well, at this moment, we all know about the Nationals and Mike Rizzo. We love Mike Rizzo. I'm a Mike Rizzo guy. I want Mike Rizzo to be the president of baseball operations for the foreseeable future. I would sign that deal today and I wouldn't look back. But we all know the knock on him. One, the knock is that he hasn't really been hitting on his first round picks as of lately now, I think that's going to change with the Nationals kind of drafting up higher and even then putting a little more money into the organization. But I feel like this could be a sign of the times for what could be coming. If you look around the room, if you look around baseball, look at the teams that are wildly successful right now. Look at the team 25 miles north, the Baltimore Orioles. What do they do? What do they do that separate themselves? Because they don't spend the money. They have a bottom three payroll in all of baseball by design. And what have they done? They have built this epic, this huge, huge prospect kind of just 
ring of fame of guys with Jackson Holiday and just Adley Rutch, all these different guys. And yes, they have picked the top of the draft for quite some time now, but even then, they have developed these guys on their own. And a lot of kind of why they have developed these guys is because of the analytics that they have provided themselves and as well as these guys. This may be a sign of times changing in Washington, D.C. And I say that because Mike Rizzo has to look around the room eventually and say, I want to do what they do. I want to do what the Rays do, the Orioles, the Guardians. Because the way that we're spending right now, we're spending like we're a small market team. And Washington, D.C. is not a small market. This is a top six sports market in the entire country. So if you're going to act as if this is kind of a small market ball club, even though I don't necessarily think they will think like that. Because also, analytics don't just have to be for teams that are in the small market. The Atlanta Braves do it. The Dodgers do it really well. The Rays, now while they're a small market, definitely. But they, they've done well with it. They've done well over the years. I think this could be a little bit of a change. I think this could be kind of a sign of the times of change with this organization. Because they need it, if we're being honest. And some people, like myself, I were, if you were to pinpoint one issue with this organization and as to really answer as to why this organization simply hasn't really taken the next step in prospect development, I would blame it on analytics. Just because you look at the Rays, you look at the Reds, and all these small market teams that do this so well, they have every resource in the world. They spend their money on the analytics and looking at pitch shapes. They breathe all these different things for their players. And that is why those guys, they kind of do it the Tampa Bay way. And the Tampa Bay way is to do it through analytics. So I think this could be just maybe a slight change in what this organization wants to do. Because yes, they haven't been this analytically sound team for quite some time. They haven't been forever, if we're being honest. And it's kind of just been the big knock on Mike Rizzo. And Eric Fetty, he even talked about it in Jesse Doherty's piece the other day in the Washington Post about how they don't really look in analytics. And Austin Voth, when he went to the Orioles, we all know that quote about him talking and raving about the analytics that the Orioles gave them. This could be a sign that the Nationals are changing. And while, yes, it may be a little concerning that you're just ripping off all these guys that you signed just about a year and a half ago to be the head of your scouting guys and be real big-time contributors. But I kind of am giddy for this change because I want it so badly. I want this to be an analytical change and kind of the Nationals to get with the times in 2023. Maybe it's just maybe nothing like that. And maybe they just want new scouts. Maybe they're still going to stick in their old way of scouting and doing the hard work, which is still a thing because Mike Rizzo has had success in that way. And some people may say, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Not in Major League Baseball. You need to adjust. Because if you look at the New York Yankees, they've had to adjust tremendously in their analytics department since the early 2000s, and they've done that well. The Dodgers have done that well as well. The Oakland A's at times have done that well. The Tampa Bay Rays, the Cleveland Guardians, those teams who are kind of at the forefront of this analytic kind of 
charade, you could say. Those are the teams that are doing well in producing prospects. Now, while the Yankees, they may not be producing all the prospects in the world, but even then, they produce some high marquee prospects, and a lot of them have had to go the analytical route like Aaron Judge. They've tinkered with his swing. The San Diego Padres as well. They use analytics to change James Wood's approach. All these metrics, all these different things that we may not even know. Because a lot of these analytics aren't necessarily out in public. No one really knows exactly what these teams are using to get this advantage. But again, if you look around baseball and the best teams out there right now, all of them, mostly all of them, are using analytics. So just maybe I'm a wishful thinker in this category. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they just want to overhaul the department as a whole and just get some new fresh blood in there. But I just have a feeling that this is going to be change. Because the way that the Nationals have spent over the last few years, which has been well documented, not too much, this could be a different approach that they just simply had to try and get with the times. Because the Lerner family last last offseason, they made a pretty big change in analytics and they developed a lot of different things that they just simply haven't in the past. And looking ahead this year, you have a top 10 farm system. So it's helped in some sense of the imagination. But even then, it's nowhere close to where it should be, in my opinion. But even with the analytics and everything, there's a Nationals prospect out there that has been on fire. That is second-round pick Yo-Yo Morales. Let's discuss him after this. And now we're back into it as we got to discuss the 2023 second-round pick Yohandi Morales from the University of Miami. And first and foremost, he was a top 20 draft prospect in the 2023 MLB draft. This was someone who was expected to go in the mid-20s to be a first-round pick. Third baseman from the University of Miami. Had huge power. Hit a ton of home runs at Miami. Going against very good ball clubs down there. Grew up in Florida. Big baseball environment in southern Florida. And Yo-Yo Morales... Johanny Morales, whatever you want to call him, he has been killing the baseball so far. And through 34 professional games across three different levels, rookie ball, Fredericksburg, and as well as Wilmington, he has gotten on base in 34 of his 34 games. That is impressive nonetheless. Just looking at that stat alone, what he has done down in Fredericksburg, because that's really where he spent the majority of his time, Rookie ball, and a few games there, it looked really good. And now down in Wilmington as well, the kind of the huge, daunted, non-slugging ballpark that we all talk about, he's slugging there. This guy is going to be a legit hitting prospect. And also, what has kind of been impressive throughout this whole thing with Yo-Yo Morales as he hits 363 as a 439 on base percentage and a 519 slug, that's a 958 OPS in those 34 games. He also has extra 18 extra base hits. And those extra base hits account for zero home runs. Yo-Yo Morales is going to be a power bat. He's going to be someone who's going to put the ball out of the yard at a pretty efficient rate if he does reach the potential he has. He's putting up these numbers without doing the best thing that he does, which is hit home runs. He's a 60-grade power guy with a 50-grade hit tool. And he's batting over 300 
He's getting on base at a 43% clip, and he's slugging at a 519 rate right now. The way that he is doing these numbers without hitting home runs, that's like going to McDonald's and not getting the Big Mac and settling for the quarter pounder. Meanwhile, the quarter pounder is really good. But also, Yo-Yo Morales, the best thing about him, his best trait is his power in putting the ball out of the ballpark. And he hasn't even done that yet. So what Yo-Yo Morales has done, and also he's played a very solid third base. As I was there for Dylan Cruz's debut in Fredericksburg, Yo-Yo Morales was the one who stood out to me because he played really solid defensively that game, had two very nice plays, turned one double play, was a backhand, got it over to second base, and Armando Cruz turned that ball over to first. He also had another backhand play and kind of had a little jeter throw to it. Yo-Yo Morales is going to be a player. And this is going to be someone who I think is going to start getting a little more national recognition amongst people who talk about prospects, and as he should. Because while it is a small little glimpse into what he is, you still haven't seen the full potential of what Morales could bring to the table. And I've seen Baseball America already kind of highlight him. And as soon as he gets on people's radars in that way, that's when you're going to start to see this rocket ship just go to the moon. Because I think Yo-Yo Morales, the Nationals kind of maybe got the seal of the draft in that second round with the first pick in that first round. He wasn't supposed to be there. Luckily, he fell into their lap, and they're going to be probably taking every opportunity with him and hope to God they can develop him. Because if you can have Brady House and Yo-Yo Morales coming up sometime next year, because Morales could certainly be on a fast track up to the majors. And if he finishes off really strong in high A Wilmington, he'll probably start next year in double A and will eventually work his way up to triple A. And then all all of a sudden, he's up in the big leagues making an impact with the Nationals. And some people may make the case, well, there's a log jam over at third base. That's something we can work out later on. That's not something you really have to worry about right now. They have to develop first, and they have to get happens with Yo-Yo Morales. But what he has done so far has been incredible over the course of his first few professional months here in Major League Baseball. And thank you all for making a lockdown break as the Nationals have had two days off this week. And it'll be an interesting one with this series again tomorrow and of course in dc on monday but of course i'll catch you on the other side see ya